I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of purepleasureshop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Guess what? It's 2024, y'all. Is it a leap year? Is it? Yeah, it's a leap year. Every four years, yo. Oh, and it's an election year in the U.S. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. wow, this is a big year. Are you all ready? The Are last, you ready? Do you remember the last leap year, Amy, an election year? Um, yeah, do the math right now. 2000. Oh, wait, 2020. <laughs> 2016. 2020. <laughs> yes, 2020. Oh, my remember God. That year? So leap years are always election years. United States? I mean, I guess. I, I didn't really put that together, but maybe. I don't know. I the, guess. I find For that the big. president. Well, that's easy to remember leap years. <laughs> the, the federal, not the primaries. I was born on February 27th, but my year was not a leap year. But the year before me was a leap year, and I do know a leap year baby. And he and you were born in, a child. Wait, you were born in 1985, I'm 85, yeah. Wait, that's weird, because wouldn't it be... 84 was the leap year. Oh, there you go. So yeah, that yeah. does make yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're correct. I was like, wait, I okay. So well, good, happy... Good, good talk. Happy New Year, everyone. Everyone. Happy, Happy New Year. 2024. I hope you all had a lovely holiday, however you celebrate or Did not. you have a good holiday? I had a fabulous I'm holiday. going to Atlanta. Well, I'm going to be coming back from Atlanta when this episode airs for to see my band, my favorite. I love them, Soundtribe Sector 9. Yeah. They're, they're like dear friends and they're from Atlanta. So I'm I wish so you were going. I want to go to Atlanta. So bad. Hotlanta. Hotlanta. It's, it's amazing. I love it. But I've actually never been to see them. So I'm stoked. I'm going to Bend, Oregon with my partner and and his kids and uh, to visit some friends up there. And I'm very excited about that. And this you know, for Christmas this year, it was actually my favorite, the favorite one in me maybe too. ever. Me too. Yeah. That's bizarre. We haven't talked about it. mine. It was the best Christmas I've ever had. And so what do you think made it the best? I, was it all the dildos you got under the tree? <laughs> I didn't get any dildos. Of course, because um, you don't need anymore. <laughs> I just felt connected to my partner, my, my family through my partner's family. I just love his daughters, his sister, his parents. I love them all. And we just had a lot of love this year. It was very easy. Mm-hmm. And I honestly felt like there was just magic in the air. And then the Christmas day was super fun. And fr- just friends came over and stopped in the house. And, and it was really, I just felt the love yeah. and people kind of honoring each other. It was like a lot of giving and, and also receiving. And that's why, what about you? Mine felt similar. It was easier than other years and full of love. Yeah, same thing. Like easy, easy and full of love. And a lot of other years, it felt like complicated or weird dynamics or like someone's not there. And so it's kind of sad. And I think it was my first year. So I didn't feel super alone. And, same. It, and my partner and I are now living together and uniting families. So I think that that feels really nice. Uh, you know how hard the holidays are for me. Oh, you and I, you'd be like, well, Amy, let's leave the country. Yes. We, <laughs> I, I plan my escape. And this year... I did You're not. Happy to be here. And I kind of I baked Christmas cookies. We both did. What going to Salt Lake City was really fun because we 
you and I got into the Christmas yeah, spirit. Yeah, we did. We got into the holiday spirit. We a Christmas movie every night. We're we playing did. Christmas music and singing at the top of our lungs in the car. And <laughs> it really helps. So yeah. I was walking my dog and I did see people having a hard time. And a lot. Of, it's a really, yeah. it's a time. So if you're already having some sort of hardship, it just magnifies it. So it if you're does. listening and your holiday was not that, then we are, we are, we're with you in that we've been there but many years. You know what? It, everything, and this is what it reminds me of, everything in life is impermanent, right? Yeah. So there's always an this, end. This too shall pass. Which can be sad too, because that's why it's important to be grateful for the good times. And and when there's bad times, you always have to remember that it will get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah. And that's not what this podcast is about. No, not at all. This podcast is about sex and psychedelics with Dr. Kat Meyer. And we've talked about psychedelics on the show a couple of times here and there, but this is with someone that actually specializes in the field of psychedelics and sexuality. And she's fucking awesome. I was familiar with her work because in my training to become a, an actual certified sex educator, certified. certified, she did a beautiful presentation. Pre- yes, thank you. Presentation. Um, presentation on ketamine therapy and sex. Mm-hmm. And it was like with really sexual cool. trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And yeah. it I was I was captivated. I actually watched it two times and showed my partner the work and she's brilliant. So anyway, I just wanted to say yeah. I, when I knew it was her, I was excited that she was coming on our show and then we're also on her show. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Sex, love, yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned, y'all. It's a fun, interesting. And even if you're not into psychedelics, it's interesting to hear how psychedelics are helping people with trauma. Um, and a lot of folks have trauma and shame around sexuality. We wanted to comment really briefly uh, because we would actually like to ho- have a whole episode on this at some point. But about the episode we did with Gigi Ingle on porn and sex addiction, we've had a number of folks write in saying that people were actually generally nice, except for on Instagram. People are not saying so everybody nice. mad. Everybody mad. On As Instagram. OT Genesis says sometimes. <laughs> on Instagram, everybody mad. Everybody yeah. mad. It, it does happen sometimes. In the email world, we received um, two emails from people saying thank you for that episode because they realized that the shame that was coming from doing the particular, uh, in particular, the twelve steps process of working with porn and sex addiction was just creating more shame in them, and they felt more free hearing that in the episode. And then we got a lot of emails from people saying porn and sex addiction addiction is real and. I do recall from my sex educator training in the years after that, hearing mixed conversations around sex and porn addiction. One side is it's not a real thing. You know, it's not there's doesn't have to deal with chemicals in your body, just the, in, as opposed to like the way drugs work. And, and it is more of a compulsion thing. And then I have heard and listened to other podcast episodes that had a whole nother side there, meaning a different perspective on it actually being something that is, quote unquote, uh, addiction. So we don't know everything. What our job here is. We don't know everything. We, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. We don't know. We don't agree. We don't agree with everything. Our job here is um, at least we like to think so is to bring all the different opinions and don't pe- shoot the messenger y'all well and we also we don't take down posts we don't take down podcast episodes we're People not into like, cancel culture either no we don't we don't support cancel culture what we do is we acknowledge when maybe we shared something that is I'm not going to say invalid because I don't know all the information yet, but maybe is inaccurate for some people or a lot of people or is inaccurate. I don't know. And we so and we, so we don't take down posts. But what we will do is we are looking for this right now and bringing on a neuroscientist of some sort. We to have actually a couple talk of ideas mm-hmm. as well. So this just was uh, brought up today. Yeah. Um, Amy and I started talking about it. So, yeah. Uh, so stay tuned. Yes, we will. We will. Uh, come at you with some additional information and insight. And the last thing I want to say about that is if, you know, if um, identifying with porn or sex addiction addiction works for you, 
then you do you. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, everyone gets to choose their own label and their own I journey. I still believe in Santa and I'm not fucking you. I'm not fucking you around. <laughs> um, what about all the Santas in uh, in Iceland? Like this is what I'm talking Santa. about. I believe in Santa. And you guys probably think I'm a nutter because uh. I've been doing too much sex and psychedelics. However, I don't. I I do. I think he's you real. You get to have your own story. You even said it. Remember, Santa's you real. You just don't tell Every me. Every year I get something randomly amazing. Yeah somehow it just shows up yeah you, and yeah. it wasn't signed by santa and if your story is santa is real then santa is real you're to the you one and that made me believe amy yeah no one else gets to shatter that dream so uh, right, speaking anyways, of santa. things that are being real though Ooh. in 2024 we're really going to be in tulum yes. april 24th through the 29th in a magical beautiful villa santa won't be there y'all uh-uh. however amy and april will and an amazing sex, sex educator fairy will be there we've already had several signups yeah and if you're looking for the ultimate gift maybe for a partner or for yourself and you identify as a woman or you have a partner that identifies as a woman then you can sign them up and come and join us it's a small retreat this is very intimate there aren't a lot of spots we had a lot of success at the last retreat and i still i was buzzing i would just love the the women that were there and we still have formed amazing relationships with them and have a private little group on whatsapp with them and at the very least y'all should go look at our website shamasex.com and watch the video that shows is a very short video that shows our retreat location but also some testimonials from people there Um, or if you go to our link page where you can book your or sign up for the retreat there's also some testimonials there about how it really transformed people's lives and it's new year's y'all a new year sexual transformation i don't know maybe if you're feeling that you want to tap deeper into who you are as a sexual being create more community feel more embodied alive vivacious and, uh, this yeah. might be for you and if you're a, a penis owner or a dude that is really bummed because you're like what the fuck shameless sex you never <laughs> give you never care about us we do we care do and you. that will come to you at uh, some point and we will make it happen we're formulating that we just need to get our bearings yeah. so give us some time be patient right yeah. go slower than slow and then slower than that with Ooh. your anticipation of, of when that next retreat will be because it will be happening and so stay tuned. All right, let's do a sex question. Sex question. Cis woman here who is finally ready to try G-spot stimulation with a toy, but I have no idea where to start. I know I want something that isn't too big or loud, but other than that, I'm clueless. Any recommendations? Yes. Of course we have recommendations. Our job is to try all the sex toys. I also (laughs) helped design a toy specifically for this because... And it's a fucking amazing toy. Because I had struggled with finding the g-spot for so many years i just thought either i didn't have one or that it was random or it's that real. there wasn't a right toy for that so first of all check out the curve k-u-r-v-e i truly was uh helping the innovation with hot octopus design this toy it's got a squishy head it's got the right kind of curve it's got two motors and yes it has six buttons but look at that and think about that you're your own dj it's because it has three thousand different functions and also don't get scared but the three thousand don't need to use all the buttons you, you don't. just you, you all you, you do start? is you press and hold the pluses yeah. if you want treble if you want bass and you two minutes to learn that toy yes, it's pretty easy but people freak out about all the buttons and i'm like yo too many options like look at look at a stereo system i know because it does so many things you, you have a lot of buttons get the stereo and, yeah <laughs> so curve it's only 99 bucks and pure i mean pure yeah, Pleasure pleasure shop. Shop. Yeah. yeah, you can get 15% off. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, you get 20% oh. off all rechargeables at Pure Pleasure Shop for the month of January. What? So it's a special, special deal at purepleasureshop.com that I own with my mom. What does all rechargeables mean, Amy? Uh, any t- sex toy that is rechargeable, meaning it plugs in to the wall to charge, but then you can unplug it. You're not stuck So to if the it's wall. a dildo or if it's like handcuffs or if it's it a battery-operated toy, it, it doesn't be, get the 20% off. Exactly. You get 15% off. Yes, exactly. 15% off all the time, 24-7. Uh, and so if you want to do that, use coupon code recharge 2024 and you get that discount so for this person trying to figure out what to do so you know you don't want something big or loud curve is perfect for that not loud and not too big there's there are a lot of sex toys that are like really big and bulky i think that the design of the curve in my opinion and i've used it before is perfect or an ideal for all people if you want something that is like more compact it has like a compactness or you want something a little bit bigger has a little biggerness but not too big not too small it's like just and right we have a mutual like friend <laughs> yes we have a mutual friend who never ever it's, it's her favorite toy. likes sex toys yeah. she's always like nah because she doesn't have issues with orgasming from penetration normally so she's like why do i need a sex toy i can just and she loves the curve she loves it it's- she like swears by it and she says she's like i don't know now what i would do without this toy and just uh, last on the curve it's brilliant that there is a second motor right at the base that goes around the vaginal opening because that's where most of your nerve endings are anyways we tested it on a hundred bodies and i know this because i uh was a part of the research but not just me but i got the research back from focus groups and every single one of the g-spot owning humans every single one a hundred percent of the hundred people that's unheard of could I, I know that's why i was like are you sure and they were like no this is for real yeah. of all different ages could access their g-spot with the curve and yeah. i was like this is impressive a hundred percent of a hundred people from uk and the u.s and the other recommendation that i would have which april would probably agree if you want something although the curve does give you dual stim because it has the motor that goes around the clitoris and the vaginal opening where you have most of your nerve endings but the Miss B, so Miss B-I uh, by Fun Factory is awesome. If you want something that can get to the G-spot and then also has an extra vibrator for the clitoris as well. And Fun Factory just makes some amazing toys. It has a cool uh, plumper kind of base where before the external part. Like wider. Which is, so it's wider. Yeah. So it almost yeah. give you, gives you this feeling of fullness. Mm. I love that toy too. And it has a handle, which some people love. Yeah. And, and it's, it's got a German motor. Yeah. So I, I love the German motors and fun factory is incredible. So it's still really quiet and it has a lot of functions too. And I can't remember now. It's so weird. I worked with fun factory for so long. I cannot remember how many functions, but I know it's a lot. Yes, but you probably are focusing on other things now, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and if you have more questions about how to learn about sex toys, we we also recommend checking out omgs.com. If you do omgs.com slash shameless sex, uh, or just, sorry, shameless, omgs.com slash shameless, you get 10% off. But anyways, they their third season is all about sex toys, how to use them. It's not necessarily how to find the right one, but it's about how to use sex toys. And I think it is internal and external sex toys. And you so. just pay one time and you get access for the rest of your life yeah. to any of the seasons and it's always 10% off any season any yep. of the three you can buy all three or you could just buy one yep go check it out so omgs.com slash shameless or go to purepleasureshop.com and use coupon code recharge 2024 and go get your g-spot on if it's after january 2024 then just use code Sh- what is well, it well shameless sex always works shameless yeah. just shameless sex shameless, shameless sex always sex. works with 15% off okay. all of pure pleasure there you go there you go and um, I just with that said I think we're on this We so when we guest on other shows we're constantly talking about sex toys because that's our specialty uh, we have a lot of specialties but we really know our sex toys um, and I think we're on one of our uh, dear friends and we love this podcast sex ed with DB talking about not only our book which our book also talks about sex toys everyone but not just sex toys but 
talking about sex toys and sex Ed with db is an amazing podcast it's very educational it's playful it's informative she has an incredible tiktok she's fucking hilarious uh, and if you all want to go learn more here's a little uh, trailer a little a little teaser to go and learn and like we said we've been guested on her show here you go take a second and think back to the sex education you had in school did it prepare you to have a healthy and happy relationship with sex and identity? If it was anything like mine, it was stigmatizing, judgmental, and totally unhelpful. But not to worry. The experts are here to offer the sex ed we wish we had. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. We're a feminist podcast and multimedia platform bringing you all the sex ed you never got through unique and entertaining storytelling, centering LGBTQ and BIPOC experts. We cover an array of sex education topics like abortion, period management, sex and disability, pleasure, reproductive justice, healthy relationships, BDSM, birth control, sex in the media, and so much more. We believe that everyone deserves comprehensive, inclusive, pleasure-centered, medically accurate sex education. Follow along with us as we revolutionize the way we talk about sex and tune into Sex Ed with DB wherever you get your podcasts. I just love DB. She's a brilliant human. Danielle Bezalel. Her tech, her her tech talk, her talk TikTok talk. is really funny and yes. informative too. So check her out on TikTok. Yeah. What, what's her TikTok handle? Is it just? I think uh, it's it's just sex, sex out with, with DB. Okay, I sex believe. out with DB. Or maybe it's sex with DB. One of the two. You could probably just check it out and yeah, scope it. She's awesome. All right, you ready for a bio? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Dr. Kat Meyer is a licensed psychotherapist specializing in sex, trauma, and ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. She is a published researcher and international speaker dedicated to evolving the relationship we have surrounding sexuality and our bodies. Dr. Kat integrates neuroscience, somatic therapy, psychedelics, psychology, EMDR, trauma therapy, and sexual health into her private practice, workshops, and transformational retreats. To learn more, visit sexloveyoga.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with a new guest. I'm very excited for this episode. Uh, this is with Dr. Kat Meyer, who um, has many titles, but is also from the Sex, Love, and Psychedelics podcast. We were just talking about how we all love all three of those things. <laughs> and so this episode will be a collaboration of podcasters uniting to talk about sex, love, and psychedelics. They're not all, if all three aren't your favorite things, then you'll probably learn some things. Maybe, you, you know, one will become. And yours. the great thing is, you're, I know cats in California, but a lot of counties are either decriminalizing psychedelics on some level, like psilocybin. I don't know if LA is like that, but Santa Cruz County, where we live is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's becoming almost easier and Mm -hmm. more normalized for people to experience psychedelics. Uh, So coming to a state near you, hopefully, uh, (laughs) easy access. (laughs) Coming coming Uh, to Ohio very soon. Yeah. And uh, I also want to give Kat a shout out because I um, am getting my sex ed certification. I'm almost done with it. And during one of the, it's it's a recorded seminar, but you, it's a conference. And um, I listened to your piece. It was about, I think it was about an hour. Um, yeah. And for Sexual Health Alliance. Or... Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, and it was on ketamine therapy and using ketamine as a means to heal sexual trauma. And I loved it. I listened to it twice. I actually had my partner listen to it too. Mm. And I love your work. So thank you for being here with us mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. 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 It's my absolute pleasure. And you know, you bring up a really good point of 
this the concept of decriminalization and legalization that's happening and it's expanding and this is why now more than ever the conversations around safety mm-hmm. and especially when you're combining sex and psychedelics is so important and yet i haven't been hearing enough of those talks on some of these podcasts or some of these you know things that people are presenting it's all about like the excitement of sex and 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 uh the excitement of psychedelics and a lack of the really grounded reverence that we really need to have with this. Because if we're going to heal, we've got to feel safe. We can't otherwise be able to melt and let go and surrender to the depths that we need to for that, Mm -hmm. that change. Yeah, it's that's so important. Uh, And I personally have been a part of a number of experiences or communities where they were combining, well, psychedelics as a form of healing without sex being a part of it. But sexual healing was a part of it because a lot of people came in with sexual trauma and then also um, have had experiences or um, know people that are doing work where they combine psychedelics with healing around sexuality. And one of my biggest complaints, fears about it is Mm -hmm people who are not really trained on the mm-hmm. consent safety uh, or like trauma informed, but they're having these experiences of like, well, it worked for me. So now I can go and bring <laughs> the psychedelics. And also I happen to teach Tantra too. So I'm going to put the two together and go and uh-huh. like offer this to people. And so I'm not saying that it's not a valid thing. Cause I think there's some really powerful stuff there. So I guess my first question for you will be, you know, how I okay, have so many questions, but let's I know. With- well, yeah, yeah. I want to know more about, Cats, so the world knows well, too. And, and well, yes, and I and I think that like maybe we can unpack our own personal stories, um, uh, like getting into where we are today in the field of sexuality, and and then our own experiences when how it um coincides with like psychedelic use, but um or healing. But one of my questions for you is, how do you see these containers where people are bringing psychedelics to sexual healing? Why is it beneficial? You know, how how do psychedelics complement that or even enhance the sexual healing that can happen outside of the psychedelic realm? Yeah. Okay. So when so this is such a loaded question, we could say just answering just this one question. Uh, because I, I think it touches on so many things. So psychedelics I see as this powerful um avenue for redefining what sex is. You know, we've been conditioned and you all both work with people and helping them to to expand the definition definition of what sex is. We've been taught that it's penetration focus, it's orgasm focus, your focus on the partner and getting them off. It's all, you know, like uh, friction oriented and performance based. And then when you go into a psychedelic experience, you can realize, and this is from, um, this is even from the research I've been gathering. I've been gathering phenomenological data from people who were doing this for themselves and finding that people are discovering that uh, sex can be energetic. You know, it can be this energetic experience of exchange between two people. There can be a deep meditation and a disillusion of the the boundaries between them, the other person and the world. They can feel like with MDMA is really uh, is a really good example of this, that you follow pleasure instead of chasing for the orgasm. So it becomes like pleasure as this compass rather than being fixated on, am I performing correctly or or am I getting myself off or them off from a genital perspective? And then also it moves it away from the genitals so that you you can fall into just like, oh, my whole body is orgasmic or my elbow is orgasmic or, you know, like something, something not traditional can be orgasmic. And so 
what I see is it creates these reference points for us in the complexity of what sex is, because there's so many components that make a good sexual experience. And then we can we can use that as a reference point outside of the sexual or the psychedelic experience, as in like implement the practices that help us to be able to go back and achieve that. And I like to talk about one of my very first experiences with ayahuasca. I think it was, yeah, this was like 10 years ago. And I went into the bathroom and looked into the mirror and I just fell in love with the adorableness of myself. Like I sat there and I was like squishing my chubby cheeks and I was like playing with my eyelashes. I was like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> so adorable, you know? And, and that really anchored into this embodied experience of what self-love was, mm. you know? And, and in Tantra, we talk, I remember um, one of my teachers, Charles Muir, when he was having us practice Tantra and eye gazing with somebody, he would say, you know, connect to the adorableness of this other person. Mm. And, and in those practices with him, it was this expansion. And then just the softness of like love, like, oh my God, you're adorable type of love. And here I felt that in this ayahuasca experience. And I was like, oh shit, damn, I've been, I'm, I'm sharing these memes on Instagram saying like self-love yourself and like so much everybody else's too, you know, like just love yourself. But that is such a complex concept for people to reach. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't what know what it is that you're, that you're trying to experience. It's a very intellectual concept until you understand the embodied sense of it. Mm -hmm. So I see that with psychedelics, like the concept of surrender, like you can feel what surrender is and like what it is to actually let go in that space, or you're in a terrible, like <laughs> panic state and uncomfortable, you know, um, same with self-love, same with, you know, embodiment or, or disembodiment to these, we, we talk about these things, but we don't realize they're intellectual until that that point. Mm -hmm. Is that what led you? So I love that the that you mentioned ayahuasca, but I was wondering what led you to primarily focus your and you're practicing something that's taking psychedelics and sex, right? And commingling those things, which I think is incredible. And recreationally, I've I've done that, right? But I love that you practice. So what led you to want to to specialize in this amazing and vast world? <laughs> Yeah. So my background, I've been a sex therapist for 13 years. I dove into Tantra and BDSM very early on. That was like, I think 13 years ago, I started with Tantra and BDSM 10 years ago. So I had a lot of that background and realizing that sex was psychedelic, even, even before I was you know, regularly getting into psychedelics or more seriously, more you know, intentionally getting into psychedelics. I was like, wow, you know, you can enter into these trance states and these altered states of consciousness, like, you know, by being tied up and and suspended from you know the rafters. Like <laughs> and then and then the psychedelic work, I started, you know, going to ceremonies and going deep into the ceremony work. And um I also have a background in Reiki energy. So understanding even these out of the box concepts of of healing and like of what's possible in the body and, and in the mind and the psyche. So it was, you know, some of these ayahuasca ceremonies that I really got to heal some of my sexual trauma from my childhood and then my early adult years. 
and getting to see how dissociated I was that I didn't wasn't able to see even though I was in therapy myself like I wasn't able to see that I was not fully there most of the time or because um being able to let go or pleasure in the body and orgasms in the body so that was really helpful uh and then it was three years ago, three and a half years ago, I started studying the ketamine work and because that's what's legal. And then going into that route, um, studying MDMA therapy with, with MAPS, and then just really diving into understanding the, the complexity of all of these different types and learning that every, you know, psychedelics can be erotic. I think people mm-hmm. oftentimes think like, mushrooms they just make me go into my head and then i can't yeah. you know like <laughs> i just want to work on things in my head you know I want to be antisocial but this you know, tying the kink and tying the the tantric principles into the experience i've developed a um, model called aerosynthesis that teaches people how to have these erotic experiences and it's powerful for both in a psychedelic experience but then also as an integration tool and it uses breath and it uses the concept of like a a self container and like a partner container um so that we and and body movement and and sounds and and you know even visualizing things to be able to invoke and and um you know sublimate or draw up that energy that that uh and rather than it being localized to just the genitals yeah um i love all of i can resonate i'm sure april too we're like oh resonate with all that man we're big ayahuasca people over here in terms of it being like our um i personally wasn't raised with religion april i don't think you really you kind of were not really ish but um (laughs) so when i discovered ayahuasca in 2014 it was like oh this is my it's like to me it's like earth church or or love church and i love um, that and it's and it's been really important in my life and also in, in April's. I'm speaking for her, but I believe so. And um, I've had this experience. These so I think with so many different psychedelics, I've had experiences that are related to sex. And I can speak to like I mean, if you call cannabis a psychedelic, I've had a lot of those experiences. Um, ketamine, I have had a lot of those experiences. And then, but with ayahuasca in particular, in particular, you're just talking about that. I remember being, you know, I'm a sex educator, I'm a sex and relationship coach. My sex drive was turned off for like two years. It was after a major trauma or rupture in a relationship that I was still in at that point and had, you know, has my partner saying like, I'm in love with another woman. I'm gonna leave you for this other woman. Then I got pregnant a month later on the IUD and had an abortion. And then he he did leave and all these just like, whoa, my heartstrings, everything just, it, it made sense why my body shut down, but I didn't understand it. So for two years, I'm like working on this, like, trying to feel again. I had no sex drive, no connection to my genitals. I know all the tools. They're not yeah. working because I know them conceptually, right? Like intellectually, I know them as an educator, but my body wasn't coming online to really figure out like what I needed to come back online. And um, in, in an ayahuasca ceremony, one of my intentions was I want to reconnect with my body, be less mind, more body. And he was one of those like three night sits, you know, the first night it's like, oh, just getting all the things out. And second night it's like, oh, sunshine and rainbows. And third, <laughs> never for me. The second night's always my really? Head. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. I, it's hit or miss for me. That was just how it was for me then. But the third night within like 10 minutes, which usually takes me a while for the medicine hit 10 minutes, I leave leave my body entirely. I was like, did I just smoke toad medicine in the middle of ayahuasca ceremony, which I didn't <laughs> Um, but that's not what happened. I came to, and all of a sudden I had this like three to four hour experience of just being all body and 
very little mind to the point where I couldn't even be mindful. Like I'd be like, and like hitting things and like making all this sound. But also I could feel everything. Every cell was like, like from my pussy to my fingertips was just like, here's what it's like to feel everything and not have your mind in the way of controlling and, and getting, you know, blocking things for various reasons to protect yourself. I didn't, it didn't come to me that I needed to leave the relationship. That's came to me a couple months later. <laughs> That's what I needed to happen. But I had this four hour like experience of, you know how to feel, you know how to be in your body. You're there's just something in the way. And it was really powerful. And I think that opened up the doors to finally move forward to figure out what needed to happen so I could come back online. So anyways, this is my long-winded version. I don't know, April, have you had experiences no, like that too? That's great. And I really want to highlight before, before we go on to April is that so many people shame themselves for their body not being sexual or not orgasming or not. And even sex educators like us, I've written posts about this too during grieving times where my body was just not erotic. And that's really important. I think Evelyn Whitney also has talked about it. Jaya has talked about it. And the importance of not shaming your body for that, but really dropping into what is the information that I can gather here? And I think psychedelics can add that lubrication inside our psyche to be able to tune into that or into our bodies mm-hmm. and and to you know take those times as resting times or platonic touch times. You know, sensuality doesn't have to be erotic or sexual. It can just be affection to the body. And so I I love that you just expressed that. Like, thank you. Let's de-shame these these moments of ebbs and flows and allow that to just be real, like Mm -hmm. real and raw and right. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in. And it helps keep this podcast free to you. Yeah. I have to say, and I love that we're having this conversation because Amy and I um, definitely have been exploring the plant medicine world for quite some time, her even before me. And I never really understood what the medicine would would do for me. And one thing that I've realized because, and this is how it relates to sex as well, all of my insecurities about my body have come up and like being able to actually love the vessel that I'm in. And I'm gonna I'm getting a little teary because I didn't realize how much like self-loathing that I did about what I looked like. It was like a point where it was breaking these these almost I felt like there were there were um like branches that were holding me down from like my spirit wasn't like able to be released. And as soon as I finally, like you were talking about, Kat, when you were in the bathroom just gazing at yourself, I didn't do that. I just saw myself a mirrored version of myself in front of me and I wasn't in the bathroom and there wasn't a mirror. And I was like, you are beautiful. And just sobbing and kind of releasing this self-hatred that I'd had for for like like through my 30s, right? For whatever reason, from I guess conditioning or feeling like there was a perfect way I should look or be. Um, it really inhibited me from being, I think, completely fearless in my sexuality and kind of help me be more vulnerable, drop into my body. The the next experience I had sexually where I was like, you are fucking awesome. And I think that's something that I didn't ever um, really understand 
my sexuality until plant medicine because mm. yes, psilocybin mushrooms got me in my head. The last thing I want to do was have sex with someone. I would be like, <laughs> right? Like, no. And then even, you know, I've had experiences with LSD and mm -hmm. even more so definitely don't want anybody to touch me on LSD. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going to try to solve mathematical equations right now. Um, and so, and ketamine has actually, and I'd love to, to speak a little bit more about that because Ketamine can be, um, you know, people think about it as a horse tranquilizer. I've heard somebody mm -hmm. are the horse tranquilizer. The horse tranquilizer. <laughs> and for that medicine, it's it's cerebral. Like you are getting a lot of headiness, but it's also there's an embodiment there. And it does, I feel like, help you get out of your head and drop into the sensations that are occurring. Now, I haven't done the therapy piece with it. So yeah. I haven't worked with a practitioner. It's kind of, but I feel like it is going to therapy, just like ayahuasca is like a hundred therapy sessions mm -hmm. in one sit. <laughs> I feel like ketamine can be maybe like two and a half. <laughs> but you know what? Well, I, I, I will interject to that though, because I think that myth has been passed around so much. It's only worth 10 years of therapy if you've been doing 10 years of therapy. Like, <laughs> That's a great point. That's real. a great point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like the best work that I've done is in is plant medicine in conjunction with therapy because you can have these insights, but it doesn't necessarily change the patterning and the programming inside. We have an it, we have a reference point, but these are habits formed and neurocircuits formed for a really long time. So if we're not integrating, as in, and that's a word that's used but not practiced often, mm -hmm. you know, if we're not consistently doing practices to to return ourselves back to that state, then it just was a great time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And same with sex. You can have like the best fucking sex on, you know, Molly and, and, um, GHB. But if you're not <laughs> integrating what you just learned in there, then it was just a great fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. It is like, these are all medicines. You can treat yeah. them like medicines. Right. And people yeah. get really freaked out when you talk about drugs, like those are drugs. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but are you popping something from the pharmacy? Yeah, that that's is a drug. A drug? Yeah. Um, you know, no, there's no shame. Alcohol is a legal what, drug. Yeah. So I think as long yeah. as you're using the medicine at an integrating, it, yeah. exactly the intention and, and honoring um, what it can do for you. I that's had, important too. I, with uh, ketamine in particular, it's so something we talk outside of ketamine, we've talked about in our podcast as like a self-love thing that's hard for people to do when they have body shame, specifically if it's like the rolls on your body, like the mm -hmm. fat and, and your belly and your thighs. And so one of the things we talked about is like, you know, getting in front of the mirror or if it's not in front of the mirror on your own as a practice to learn to lo love your body is to actually touch those parts of yourself and send them love and find mm -hmm. a way to love that maybe it's not like here's the whole you know, like roll on my belly but it's like oh the texture of my skin or the shape of my belly button like you can find these little things but that for me when I practice that it's worked but it's like with psychedelics it really works. I can get mm -hmm. in there. And that's what I feel like psychedelics are. It's almost like um, sleepgasms to me with psychedelics, right? It's like gets rid of this whole layer of bullshit that my, it was my mind getting in the way of all these things. Mm -hmm. And now I'm fully in my body. All my cells can experience this. So I've had this specifically with ketamine where I'm like, you know, alone massaging my whole body. And then I'm grabbing at these parts of my body that I don't usually like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they feel so good. I love mm -hmm. these, I love these parts of myself. Yeah. Uh, and that was really powerful. It was like yeah. super helpful. 
Uh, yeah, it, it really is. And I think ketamine gets a bad rep because it's it's stigma as a party drug and people have seen people on K-holes and are like, I don't want to do that. That doesn't look fun. But it was in my uh, ketamine assisted therapy training where I was like, I'm going to figure out how I can use this for sex therapy. And we had, we did an experiential with a um, lozenge. I think it was 150 milligrams and I was breathing and I was doing my tantric practices. And, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm starting to float out of my body. Let's see if I can focus on my body. Here's my hands. Here's mm-hmm. my belly. Here's my toes. Here's my pussy. And I was like, okay, we're going to breathe into this. We're going to, you know, visualize uh, energy. And I ended up having a full-blown energetic orgasm. Mm-hmm. And so when I sat up and we were in our integration circle, like, Mind you, this is a room full of doctors and therapists, and they all look at me and they're like, so what was that over there? And I was like, ah. So it really opened this as a, uh, you know, again, I'll use the word reference point that even ketamine can be erotic. And the reason why, and I see this happen in my in my sessions a lot of time, um, I specialize in sexual trauma. So it is, un- it feels unsafe or it can feel unsafe to be in the body. You know, so many of my clients have anxiety and depression that makes it hard for them to be in their body. And so with ketamine, it increases the threshold of what you can emotionally tolerate and physically tolerate. It lifts the heaviness of the depression, anxiety, or, or chronic pain. It's great for chronic pain so that you can be with your body you can feel pleasure, you can feel and connect with emotions without dysregulation. Mm -hmm. And that's the key part, because if we want to reprocess trauma, if you're getting dysregulated, you're not going to be able to reprocess it. It's like in in the sober state, in my sessions with clients, they're dysregulated. Well, now we need to go back and and, uh, downregulate and self-soothe and then go back into some of these these challenges. So here it makes it so much accessible. And so I'll have clients like, you know, start to touch themselves or breathing into it. And they're like, Oh, it feels so good. And that's rewiring again, like you said, um, about, you know, about your body, April, it's like, uh, now you can connect with it and you can start that new relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I'm so grateful that I am more connected to my body because it took that long. So for everyone out there who is listening to this and perhaps they want to dive into psychedelics, right? Whatever they, um, they're, maybe it's ketamine, maybe it's, maybe it's psilocybin, maybe it is ayahuasca. Would you recommend having a professional around or, I'm, and I'm asking this because I, I know, the answer, we know the answer, but I just don't want someone to listen and be like, oh, I'm going to find a ketamine on the dark web and I'm going to go. I'm like, oh yeah, God. That. Yeah. No, so, I, uh, I've spoken to someone who tried to be her own therapist on ketamine. It's yeah, not a good idea. Not a good it does idea. not work well. So. so what do you, what do you suggest for someone that is, they, they want to explore this piece? They're like, I believe that it, I, I've read the research. I'm listening to, to Kat talk about this and, and I want to pursue this. Um, yeah. Talk about the, mm-hmm. maybe some of the steps. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, please, oh please. Yeah. I'm like bossing. I'm like, please. <laughs> <Help>. <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> oh, I, I like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So safety reverence is the most important part around this because, you know, I like to say, use the metaphor that psychedelics are like a sharp knife. They can cut the bullshit, but they can also cut us if we're not mm-hmm. careful. So working with somebody who is 
trained. Vet your practitioners, vet your shamans. Don't just take somebody because your friend, uh, your friend's aunt's boyfriend went to them. Like really vet them interview them, ask them questions. I have a free guide on my website for people to help guide those questions. And then tune into your body. How do you feel with their responses? Because there is, unfortunately, with the underground movement, there's a lot of reported abuse that happens. And that's because you know, for many reasons. First of all, there's a, there's a power dynamic that happens with somebody who's seeking healing and someone who's providing healing. Also, you add psychedelics in there and it makes... Um, it increases our sense of conviction and truth with a capital T. So some people will experience, oh, this shaman is my soulmate and now I'm in love with them, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I've heard and witnessed people, you know, start relationships there that are not equal power. You just have to call that out. There is, there may be a, a mother wound or a father wound in there or something that, you know, we're looking for being saved. And so just being aware of how blurry boundaries can can get in those states and how our reality can be, you know, full of projections. So just be consciously aware, take your time to integrate, you know, after your experience and, um, and establish those, those conversations ahead of time to create that, that safety. Um, also check with their training. You know, people are calling themselves shamans. People are calling themselves like, oh, now I'm doing plant medicine. I'm like, girl, you just been doing a sex therapy or a sex coaching <laughs> training like six months ago. Like, no, <laughs> you're new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, more time than that. I don't care if ayahuasca told you that this is your path. Like then <laughs> take six years <laughs> to train to do that. Then. It's a long path. That's yeah. what you were talking about. Amy was talking about this, oh, yeah. like trusting the folks in the in the beginning of the show that she was you were talking about how it can be this. Well, it's not only vulnerable, but you can get really uh, like people could take advantage. Yeah. If, if they are. And I think a lot of like the wounded yeah. healer yeah. thing. Right. Like so. And I'm I'm a self-identified wounded healer. I got into the sexuality world because I didn't understand my body. I didn't understand my orgasms or how to even have them. So mm -hmm. I, I am that. But I spent many years being trained before I started. Like, I'm going to go teach and work with people on sexuality and I think that the wounded healer is a wonderful thing because they can really show up in a powerful way because they also have compassion they I, I, you know I've been there but there still is a really important aspect that comes with training and I and and when it comes to sex and psychedelics and you put the two together I think you need even more uh it's it's, it's really not powerful. even wounding though I think wounding is a plus I think it's the god complex healers oh those ones yeah and they're like I'm gonna be on a pedestal I'm heal you I'm and your guru. Yeah, basically I know a like, couple of those like, and you're like I don't know if I'm gonna drink that kool-aid well, people do though. So, so like, people lucky. get all enamored. Like you're talking about, like you know, the, you know, the I'm a shaman now, and then mm. people come out of their experience, like, oh my god, are you God? Are you, are you my mommy, my daddy, my lover? Are we meant to be together forever? Mm. Um, I have a deep affliction to the word shaman when it's like somebody that's white from Connecticut that's like, <laughs> you know, whose name is like Bill. Brad or Bill. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Is I don't know. I can't get I mean, that's just me though. I might be just I might be throwing shade. So sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, but, it's I mean, I mean, shaman is, you know, originally that word is from from uh Russia. It's it's oh. so it, it's also just become such a like people don't question the origin anymore. They also don't question the origin of the medicine or the origin of you know the teacher. And so that's what I want to emphasize. Like when we have experience of trauma, especially in our childhood, like complex PTSD, our ability to discern boundaries is already fuzzy. And mm -hmm. so we can enter into some of these dynamics. And in the research that I was that I'm performing is 
that many people or God, it, I think it was like, I don't want to misquote. It was like 4% to 7% of people had an unconsensual sexual advancement by a shaman or a facilitator. Wow. And, and then um, a small percentage of them went through or, or bypassed their own boundaries or, or a sense of, you know, this doesn't feel good because they thought that the person would, um, that it would benefit their healing or that there would be repercussions if they didn't, or that they were confused that whether this was right or wrong. And so that tells me like, okay, we, as, as much as I wish that the responsibility would be on the facilitators solely, because we really need to step up our game as facilitators and just make this place safe. But we've got to empower the people who are seeking it too, you know, and teach them and educate them. So I wish they could step into these situations and be safe. And that's just not the case. So yeah. there's that in regards to facilitation. But then if people are doing this on their own selves, you know, and, and having these, their experiences with, with partners, like the first thing, you know, work with a therapist and a doctor about your, if you're a right fit, as in what's your family history of mental illness, you know, or, or diagnosis, what's your own, you know, if you have uh, bipolar one, or if you have uh, schizophrenia or psychosis in your family background, or even yourself, you don't need to not go towards the bland medicine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have held space for people who went into psychosis. And then we had to do a whole lot of work for regrounding and they're and and it's still hard for them to to ground. So, you know, the, there's very real possibilities of of harm in that level. Also, with psychotropic medications, you know, SSRIs, MAO inhibitors do not mix, <laughs> and there are many other uh, of those psychotropic medications that don't mix with plant medicines. Um, same with stimulants and ADHD medications. You know, Molly and ADHD medication should not mix. You know, and so people. Um, are bypassing these experiences for, you know, because they're like, want to be in this, you, know, uh, you have that, but it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then when you're considering like who you're experiencing some of these substance with, can you trust the person? You know, are you having consent conversations ahead of time, expectation conversations ahead of time, you know, boundaries and um, knowing that, again, the threshold of what you will allow and the threshold of what you can tolerate increases in an altered state. And so you might do something that you wouldn't do in a sober state. And then on the other side, be confused, be disgusted, be upset and hurt and be stuck in this Well, I said yes but why does this still feel terrible in my body? Mm -hmm. And so it's just uh, the number of people I've had um, on my Instagram tell me stories because I, I I provide these education pieces on my Instagram and then people will send me stories about, yeah, I fell in love with this guy and then, you know, on MDMA and then it became an abusive relationship and it took me a long time to get out because we could just kept doing plant medicine to repair, mm -hmm. but then we'd fall back in love and then I would just, it would fall back into those same patterns. So it's just like, you know, we can't bypass the prep process. I'm yeah. glad that you brought that up because people do. And, and I know Amy has something to say. I just want to um, just mention that people do. I've heard many people say like, everybody should drink ayahuasca. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. It, it can crack people. And, uh, and you just mentioned like if there are. Um, if there's a history of mental illness or certain medications that can interact. I mean, we've seen people crack in mm -hmm. ceremony and mm -hmm. 
it's not fun for anyone. It sucks. And you're, you're in your own experience and you're like, I feel for this person because they are going through a lot. And, and by the way, we yeah. say crack. We're not saying yeah. you're just having a hard time. Sorry. Like, yeah. Right. The, the psyche has cracked and now needs a yes. lot of repair. Sorry grounding. about, sorry yeah. about my, yeah. my yeah. it's like our, it's our, what yeah. Amy and I would say. Hard, if we're together. Yeah. <laughs> hard times are normal, yeah. but, but it is something, I mean, I've heard that from people with um, LSD never coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that is a little scary, which is why always start small, mm-hmm. right? If you are going to do those things and yeah, be in the care of people that know what they're doing. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending UberLube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of UberLube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. Yeah, as I say that, I think feel like that just is so important to be in the care of people who know not only what they're doing and are really experienced and in, in integrity with their work, uh, but also that you resonate with, right? Like if you don't resonate with their energy, your system might find all these reasons to keep walls and blocks up. So even if they're the most fabulous person and professional practitioner, um, you they might not be your kind of person. And to go into such an intimate space, at least for me, that's really important to me. I've been, been with people who are highly experienced and I, my system's still like, I don't really like feel safe opening here. And that's okay. Just like shopping for a therapist or a partner, you know, find the right fit and don't just settle and like, Oh, it works in this one area. One thing that came to mind for me was um, kind of outside of psychedelics, but kind of goes hand in hand with that is in the Tantra world. I had this experience 
where someone offered me someone that I kind of knew and actually I'll just name it, it was from Source Tantra. Um, <laughs> and um, so study under Charles Muir, wonderful human. And I have no bad feelings about this person or this experience, except that if I had a lot of trauma, it would have not been a great experience because yeah. this person offered me a free um, tantric massage involved G-spot stimulation if it went to that place. And they set boundaries in the beginning. I came over, it was like, it's going to be a two hour session. It's free because they're practicing. Um, I worked at, you know, I owned a sex shop. And so I was like, oh, you know, she must be down. That's not, that's how I thought, but like, she might be down. I was like, yeah, I'm down. My body's my experiment research project. And so the boundary was like a two hour container at this person's house. Um, they did a good job. Like, here's the boundaries of like, I'm on my clothes are staying on, but they also said, I'm not going to kiss you or anything, but if you want to kiss me, you can. And I was like, interesting, mm. interesting. Okay. And, um, like, is that normal? Is that, I, I mean, people? I'm new to this. I'm yeah, new to this, right. this world, but I'm like, I'm trained in and you consent. knew that person before it wasn't just a random, not, right? Okay. Not random, but I know them that well. Okay. And just fast forward to this experience. Wonderful human felt very safe, but got real high on Tantra. Right. Like your body is mm-hmm. having this, like I'm having this like orgasmic, like juicy experience. So naturally my body is like, I want to kiss you. You said that is okay. So I kiss this person. Then it turns into the six hour experience of us like making out slash like him still being my practitioner. And I left there feeling, you know, high on cloud nine. It, but what happened was I thought I had feelings for them mm-hmm. and they thought they had feelings for me. And the next day I woke up like, wait, do I? And then we hung out again and he like brought me flowers or something. And I was like, oh, I don't have feelings. And then I had to deal with like letting him down and all these things. Mm-hmm. So this is my example of like a very, so I'm bringing this to boundaries. Like not only having your own boundaries as someone taking psychedelics or, or see, working with someone, but I would imagine maybe you can elaborate on this. Like, and this, I can make it a question knowing that they have very strong boundaries and they're going to hold that in the container and not break that at all is probably really important. So my question for you would be like, how do you look for that? How do you ask a potential practitioner, how, what are your boundaries? So I know I'm safe. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part, right? Because people can also say the right thing. And that's why I encourage people to tune into their body reactions, their body responses too. Mm -hmm. But As it relates to psychedelic work with a facilitator, it should not involve sex. Mm -hmm. Like I just, that's, you know, as a sex educator who teaches sex and psychedelics with a facilitator, I don't believe that. Although I do know that there are sex, sex workers and that there are, you know, tantricas who are using it too. It just makes it so muddy. It -hmm. makes it so much more confusing and challenging. So that that's where I start, you know, um, I have many, many stories to that would, that would support that, but I just want people to ultimately be safe. You can have the best sex of your life with your own self on psychedelics. You don't Mm. actually have to have another person. And I think that's really empowering to self-source your own ability. I've had full blown erotic, like, uh, spine undulating feeling like, you know, the, the God penetrating me, you know, and it was just me fully clothed without, you know, so again, redefining what sex is. Um, but then I also, you know, as, as somebody is talking about what their role is for being a facilitator for your, your, your movement, if there's, um, I think April, you said God complex, you know, if there's somebody who's saying, I'm going to heal you, that's a red flag. You know, yeah. tune into what that feels like, because we don't want somebody to disempower us by taking away our own innate healer. 
you know, our own ability to heal our own self. So yes, a facilitator can ask us questions that might facilitate a deeper experience. Me as a therapist, and um, when I'm working with ketamine, I'm asking them questions while they're inside their experience, and that deepens their process. But I'm not the one that's healing them. I'm following where they're they're taking me. So there's just so there's that, and then also. I think it would be it's it's powerful as a therapist. We have ethical codes. You know, I don't have um, dual relationships with my clients, meaning I don't have a relationship of friendship or a relationship of business or anything outside of the therapeutic container. And you know, most coaches and and um, underground facilitators and shamans they don't have those code of ethics, and so there there can be the murkiness of what is this relationship between us and. I like to hold a clean container so that they their projections can come up and I can hold that whether if I'm, you know, a friend with them, that just makes it so much harder because am I trying to preserve the friendship or am I trying to help them in their own healing process? Uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to know from either or both of you, um, because in my experience, what I found within my plant medicine journeys, because there's been a lot, is that because of my, um, I will, I will say this lightly, but because of my issues with the masculine, right. Specifically my daddy issues, let's call it that I have been able to go deeper with a facilitator that is a woman mm -hmm. than I have been with facilitators that have been men. And I don't know if that is related, but because I, I always feel like I have to please the man. Mm -hmm. And so I will be like, Oh, am I in trouble? Am I, am I purging too much? Am I being too much? And, and I'll be in my head again. And I feel like the most heart opening and embodied sessions that I've had or sits um, have been facilitated by a woman. And so I don't know if there's anything to that to say to the audience listening, if they have maybe issues one way or the other, maybe they could find a practitioner um, that feels more comfortable, even if they don't know, like maybe I'll seek out a woman because I have triggers with dudes. I don't know uh, if you either of you have anything to say. Maybe it's just me. Could be. No, I think that's such a good question. And I want Amy to answer that too. But it's like, you know, as a therapist too, you know, when you are interviewing for therapists, it, you know, some of us are drawn towards a female or drawn towards a male. And now that could be because of unprocessed, unfinished business that we have with our, with our parental um, figures or the archetype of, of the, you know, like father or, or mother. And that can be beneficial or it can hinder. And so same with this, this plant medicine, it can also, you know, we can use that as a intentional trigger that we can then look at and, and spend time in, um, in uh, reflection, or we can go the route of, you know, somebody that we feel safer and that can also allow, I think that they can uh, create different experiences. Um, I will say one of two of the most beautiful uh, ceremonies I've ever sat in were held by women. One was a fierce, fiery practitioner, and and the other one was a soft elder in uh, Costa Rica. And there was something really unique about those ceremonies because they activated different archetypes. An archetype is like a a, a persona, uh, a personified figure of these of these uh, characteristics that we all have in ourselves. So one provided this reference point of a woman who was so strong and fiery, but compassionate and held strong space. 
among a you know a, a in an industry that is oftentimes male and then the other one was so soft and loving and mothering and 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 um everything was fluid and and just brought yeah like a gentleness into my own body so mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's right or wrong except what's right inside the person and what yeah. what intention they have going into the work and whether this person feels right yeah i yeah, I agree with that. I might that would be my experience too. Is the same thing as April feeling safer working with women or having more powerful experiences of being in in my body and like and embodying that and, and letting go and releasing whatever wants to come through. And I I have had experiences with the masculine where it's healed issues with the masculine, but it had to be the right masculine. And at one one thing that um comes to mind for me with that was, and I won't say names on here, but so I used to assist in five MEO ceremonial work for a couple of years back, back into old Amy days. Um, not that I'm that old, but you know, and I would assist with some, well, let's see how many going to be careful about saying the things anyways. So the person I would assist with, I'll just say, I didn't feel very safe with, even though sometimes I would be sitting and they would be facilitating that he would be facilitating for me. And actually he's the only one that I would, I had those experiences with that. I tried five MEO DMT in the form of to- toad medicine. No, everyone's not frog medicine. You don't look a toad, um, but it's a little different. But um, anyway, so I had these experiences at, with this person and I thought that it was great. I was having these deep experiences um, and then went and had an experience with a friend that um, is some of the April and I both know who's very like a gentle masculine. And Oh my God, I was able to open up and release 10 times more, but I had no idea that I didn't feel safe with this other person, with this other man, and that my, my issues with the masculine were being just kind of like fed, you know, like kind of like, oh, we're going to keep that out going until I had this experience with someone that I felt even 10 times more safe with and had this held this like soft, loving, unconditional love masculine. And so I just, just for me, I was like, oh, yeah. I, and that, and it healed that in a way. And when I say healed, it's not like forever healed. Like my daddy issues, my issues, the mask, and I'm forever healed. But it created an opening to some healing. So that's what comes to mind for me in my experience with that. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a similar experience with a facilitator who um, looked at me while I was having this experience. It was very erotic, um, but his energy was like a consuming sexual, the way he was looking at me. And I called it forward. I said, I feel really uncomfortable with the way that you're looking at me. And he just nodded and he's like, but you're safe. And I was like, I was like, it put me in such a confusing state. Yeah. And, and I was like, I know you're, lo- you're looking at me in this way and, or, and I feel really uncomfortable. I know, I think I'm safe. And, and he just like totally did not acknowledge it and just kind of nodded his head and another my friend who was also there with me she saw it and felt it too so for somebody who doesn't have self-awareness you know how easily that can be oh i'm wrong and you're right because you're the facilitator and so it's giving again that power to somebody else Mm -hmm. so it's just Yeah. yeah it's beautiful it's powerful you know all of this work and we just have to be aware and conscious and and careful I want to ask a question about the two of you, because mm-hmm. earlier in the session, you shared these powerful moments with your own body and with your own sexuality in the plant medicine space. So how did you integrate that work? What did you do after? Did you have practices that helped you return there? What did that look like? I journal through the whole, probably about at least two weeks after, sometimes I do every other day to try to, to I journal the whole sit 
right? So I can mm-hmm. kind of take in the downloads. I set my intention and then we have an integration after. And typically if I don't go straight back into the stressful workload, because that's one thing that I've realized I need. I need a couple of days to be calm yeah. and to really soak in and write down the downloads because they're all coming. I call them downloads. I don't know what anyone else calls them, but uh, I write down the downloads as as I remember them throughout the next few days. Uh, sometimes I'm not great at integrating because I have to go, oh, I have to go to meeting after meeting or I have this. So that's one thing. If, if people are going to do some of that work, I think set aside time. That would be my advice um, from my experiences is set aside time, at least a, a few days to integrate the medicine. And then uh, I still really, really try to practice this self-love thing. And um, which it's, it's a, it's my conditioning and my habit is to is to criticize myself, right? Mm-hmm. And to just change the rhetoric, the dialogue that's in my head about myself. Um, and it also, I try to connect more with Pachamama, the, the the planet, and give a lot of gratitude as often as I can, because those are the things I take away ceremony after ceremony after ceremony, after ceremony right? It's like, be on this planet with love, treat the planet like it is your mother. Would you, you know, would you, do you want to like turd on your mother? No, you don't. Maybe you want to treat your mother nice. So <laughs> you don't want to turd on your mom. Um, and I think those, it, maybe that's not super deep right now, but I think those are the first few pieces that come to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can resonate with the integration and completion phase being the most challenging. Like I can get there. I can do all like the preparatory stuff. I can be in it, have all the things. And then like, oh, I have my list of all the things, I, the practices that I want to do after is actually doing them. That's the hardest. And I agree with April and like creating space um, as, and we're both major doers. You know, I think that it helps us to like feel you know purposeful and worthy, but also not really have to sit with ourselves and just be. Right. <laughs> so it's like really forcing that and being intentional about it. Um, and for me, one of the things, at least when it, when I was working on like the disconnection from my body or from my sexuality, or my sensuality, you know, I, I knew that a, a self pleasure practice was going to be really, really powerful and making that not just like, you know, trying to get off in five minutes to a couple of days a week, but more like more days a week than not having like a 20 to 30 minute session that wasn't about like having an orgasm and if an orgasm happened, that's cool. But just continuing the practice of staying connected to my body, right? Like in, speaking of the ayahuasca experience, I had this four hour, like there's my body, I'm all online. And I did leave there and go right back to my life. And guess what? It was still off and I needed to leave that relationship I was in and I didn't, wasn't ready to do that yet. But if I, uh, you know, if I look back at it, if I were to do, you know, 30 minutes every day of just like getting all my cells online, practicing that just in my own space with whatever wanted to happen in those sessions, I feel like I could have continued to open the door more and more and more. So yeah, I think it's just harder for me to to stick to it. I'm sure it's, I think it's hard for most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. These are longstanding uh, you know, programs inside of us <laughs> and habit formations. Yeah. And for the next 72 hours for ketamine and then for a week after with psilocybin, MDMA, you know, um, ayahuasca, I think ayahuasca is longer. You have an extra sensitivity for neuroplasticity. So you, things are more pliable in your brain. So the more you actually take that time, exactly like the two of you are, um, with the journaling to rewrite some of these inner programmings, and then to repeatedly do that, you can help to, to change your brain and your body. But you just got to keep up with it. The 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 secret sauce is the consistency. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And it's so it's so in, in like immense how wonderful you feel after um some of these really beautiful opening experiences with plant medicine and even even with ketamine as well yeah. how um more connected you feel and and also none of these things and practices from what I've experienced are linear. So yeah. you could go in expecting one thing mm-hmm. and you can come out with being flipped on your ass and thinking you're going to, um, you're going to move to Alabama and have a goat farm. You know, you're like, where did that come from? I sit with that for a couple of weeks. Are you actually go to Alabama? Don't make make any huge decisions right after. Okay. Don't be buying a goat farm. Um, and I, I am grateful that we are having this conversation because, we, I don't think either of us have really talked about it on our show. Lightly, yeah. Lightly. Um, and I think that people have asked me about this very topic and your show is primarily about all of these things, right? And mm-hmm. um, which brings us, because I we could talk to you for hours, but everybody has to go back to their to their beautiful lives. Um, and mm-hmm. oh, we can ask one very quick question. Just about, just I'll make it super quick. Um, I know that we can't s- source here. Like, here's where you go and find the ayahuasca and the ketamines. Yeah. But what what would be your advice? Because I'm sure we will get emails from people asking like, okay, you talked about this. How do I actually do this? I live in Ohio. Well, I know like for us over here, we can say like, you know, go like go to places where it is legalized if it's ayahuasca, you know, Peru, but don't just go anywhere because there's a lot of rental shamans there. So go like do your extensive research for the places that feel right for you or even Costa Rica, I think where things are decriminalized. Or I would say also for ketamine, you know, it, depending on where you are, you can find, you know, a licensed ketamine therapist. But mm-hmm. what would be your, your advice for folks who want to find various things regard, re, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of where they live? Yeah. And ayahuasca is legal under the format of a uh, of a church, of a mm-hmm. legal, you know, like a 501c3. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that. And then... Uh, Costa Rica, there's many amazing facilitations, you know, um, places down there. Look at the facilitators. Like, again, go through the vetting process. You know, it just, you can find it online. It just is when you find it online, call them, reach out to them, ask them questions, like have an intentional discovery call, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. to be able to talk to them about it. But it's out there. It's out there. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to, let's see. Third Wave has a great database of practitioners and they have their own um, uh, training program. And um, I've spoken for them as well on the concept of of, um, sex therapy using ketamine. So I know that they have a a great resource. I'm trying to think where else. I mean, yeah, ketamine therapists you can find. um, But again, there's a different, there's a big difference between a ketamine clinic and a ketamine therapist and an active ketamine therapist, you know, with, with, you know, different modalities. So really like call, talk, Mm -hmm. you know, do that. I think that's the the biggest, the biggest takeaway here. Mm -hmm. Be careful with going down to Peru and going down to Brazil. And, um, you know, yes, that is the, the homeland of, you know, ayahuasca. However, because of the spiritual tourism, there's a lot that's just being pillaged and there's a, we don't always know what's in the the medicine. So it can be mixed with many different things. Um, so, you know, vet the, even where you go, don't just pop up down there and, and, and expect that you're going to, you know, universe is going to guide you to the right shaman. That's just not <laughs> like, that's waiting not for a- the universe to tell no. you. I, yeah. I know I've had my friends in the UK be like, Oh, I want to go to a ayahuasca house party. And I was like, <laughs> No, no, it's not like that. They're like, no, my friends just went to one down in London. I was like, 
oh my god I, like no no please no <laughs> i was like this i don't know what it what maybe we're i mean i've been to one it was not good and i did not mean to a party um, yeah how can, how can people work with you? Are you taking new clients? Yes, I am taking new clients, um, both for ketamine. And then I also help people with the prep and the integration process around, you know, some of these other ones just to create as much safety as possible. Again, you still have to work with your doctor and, and to see if you're viable for that. Uh, but I just, I really, really believe in, in the integration and the education. So I, I do provide that. And also um, I run retreats with ketamine. So starting in, in 2024 will be my um, couples ketamine retreat, as well as my uh, women's um, and femme uh, retreat. So those will be happening and be available for people. And um, yeah, otherwise, you know, Oregon and Colorado have the legal under the use of a trained sitter. Again, check in with that because some of them only have 125 hours of training. And so <laughs> some of them are therapists, some of them aren't. So just check in with that and see how you feel. And mm-hmm. and there are some people out there who are openly on social media talking about holding ceremonies and things like that. And I would not trust them with mm-hmm. a yardstick to hold mm-hmm. space for me. <laughs> so feel into them. They might be saying all the right words. But like, if your nervous system is like, why do I feel weird? Like, please tune into that. Yeah. Trust Mm -hmm. your gut, everyone. And so how can people uh, reach out to you or find uh, your retreat information and more Mm -hmm. about you and your podcast? Yeah. So sexloveyoga.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at sexloveyoga. And uh, on my website, sexloveyoga.com is where my, uh, you know, you can find my podcast, Sex Love Psychedelics, and you can find the retreats and online programs and that kind of thing. Yeah. The book. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And where yeah, can and I find I'm, you? Oh, <laughs> I know this is a swap a do. We're swapping. <laughs> um, so we're Shameless Sex. We just wrote a book called Shameless Sex. Um, it's uh, out now everywhere, wherever books are sold, but you can check us out at shamelesssex.com. We have like hundreds of episodes. So lots to share with folks out there. Um, talking about sex never gets boring. Nope. No. And it's a constant flow of education for both of us. And we really love what we do. Um, you can, yeah, check us out on um, all the socials. We're not really on, twi- is Twitter even a thing anymore? Is it X now or no, something? It's X. We're not really on. <laughs> we ha- may have something. So, but it's at Shameless Sex Podcast. And yeah, we drop a new episode every Tuesday and love your work, Dr. Mm-hmm. Meyer. Same. And um, yeah, to all of our listeners out there uh, or to Kat's listeners out there, um, <laughs> We'll see you next time. And want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.